This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. On New York's news and talk station, 77 WABC. And you call your congressman. Why don't you call your congressman and complain that it's raining outside? About a week's worth of rain on and off, but steady. You felt you were either in London with that constant drizzle or Seattle. And then the buckets. The I guess uh, it was raining cats and dogs, if I can say that. <laughs> and not offend my rescue cats at home. And Melinda cats. Melinda uh, cats exactly. and dogs. But I must say, Anthony Weiner, I want to applaud you for not falling into the rabbit hole of talk radio. And discussing the chicken dance, the spending bill, and oh my God, it's the end of the world, and everybody gets FaceTime, Matt Gates, and everybody else, and then they go back for a few months, and then the same chicken dance over and over and over. And you know what? People were tired of it. It made for lousy talk radio. Nobody cares. Nobody understands it. And I must tell you, if you talk about that, it's radio death. So thank God. You didn't go down that rabbit hole like some of our colleagues. I can tell you, the moment they talk about that, boom, they crash and burn. It's also, look, it does. Also, we're always, not always, but we're usually wrong in the moment about who's going to get blamed anyway. Like, remember, in 2013, they shut down because one of the longest shutdowns they've had in a while. The Republicans did fine the next time out. I don't know. It it, it worked out fine. You know, here's here's the biggest problem. When the worst example you can give for people of why they should care about it is piles of garbage in a national park, uh, and then you, you don't have the most compelling argument. Especially when we have piles of garbage right here in the city of New York. Right, right, right. <laughs> we want to share it, share the misery. But I want to applaud you because you were feisty, uh, you were combative, but respectful on all those issues that normally you don't hear on WABC because it's totally slanted one way even by our common-sense Democrats who might want to turn in their registration cards and just call themselves Trump Republicans. Because really, at at times, there's no balance. And at least you give the other side, you're ready to take on all challenges. You come armed with facts, whether people like it or not. They're our facts. They're your facts. They're uh, the Trumpers' facts. And then you do battle. And hopefully people learn from that. But it was very entertaining 
And like I said, it's a great change of pace from the constant Trump is God, Biden sucks, and Hunter Biden left the cocaine in the White House. So thank you very much for well, not nice going in thank that you. direction. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Now. But we cannot avoid the rain. Uh, yesterday, Friday morning, I was here early with uh, Sid Rosenberg. About 5 o'clock, Sid was preparing, and I was getting ready for my 705 segment and going through all the newspapers because, you know, I love those hard copies. Uh, it's still uh, Okay, I'll go online, but I'm an old school guy. I got to have the hard copies, and you see my piles of newspapers. So I'm looking outside, and whereas it was raining when I came, but it was okay, you know. Now it was a deluge. Yeah. Sid looked out the window. He talked about it on the radio. All of his staff in the morning, uh, uh, Wrong Way, Lou Rafino, Justin Ellie. It, it was noticeable to all. And I noticed as I was preparing for the rip and read that all the advisories were not coming from the city administration, but were coming from uh, the state agencies, the MTA, Governor Hochul looking out her window from her home in Erie County. She can see Ontario, unlike uh, Sarah Palin, who could not see Russia from her kitchen table when she was governor of Alaska. And she declared a state of emergency. I mean, they were all over it. Advising what? Advising people that you better stay home. You better not try to go to work. Wait a minute. Did the state of emergency, did they advise people to stay home? Pretty much. They say because it's raining outside. No, no. It wasn't raining. It was flooding. No, I know. But it was already, you know... Look, here's my thing. My thing, look, is that let's assume I understand. You don't need to repeat the criticism. Basically, Eric Adams was MIA. He didn't do the normal thing where they're standing in a depot in front of a sanitation truck wearing the Department of Sanitation blazer saying, we want to warn you, take this seriously and everything else. It was a rainstorm. It was a rainstorm of biblical proportions. Do you know when we got eight inches of rain last? Never. And someone has to stand up and say, "If you, what do you think that your elected officials are supposed to say to you? You uh, stay home? No, they're not going to say that. I mean, maybe I, I, I certainly didn't think that when I got up at eight o'clock in the morning, as bad as it was raining, that people were not going to go down the subway and go to me, and go to work. How unsympathetic! No empathy at all for your former colleague Gail Brewer, stuck, stuck in, a in a subway, subway. car I saw that. I for saw three that. hours. The one thing. Now, about, first off. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be stuck in a subway car with city councilwoman Gail Brewer, politician for life, for 30 minutes. Never mind three That's hours. Right. Have you heard, She's a yenta. Have you heard her voice? Yeah, oh, it's my true. God. It's true. Let me but out just, of here. But, you know, here's the problem. I am surprised at you. Yes. Well, I guess I'm not because this is an opportunity to hit Eric Adams where he lives, this idea that he focuses on the wrong things at the wrong times and says the wrong things. He's like one step off in terms of it. But I will say this. It was like we have this sensibility in the world that our politicians, our mayor, whatever it is, the first time anything happens that's slightly untoward in our lives, you blame the politicians. We have 6,400 miles of sewer line. A lot of them were built 120 years ago. We get rain the likes of which we haven't seen in ever. If it was snow, it would have been eight feet of snow. And everyone's like, where's the mayor? Where? I'm, I'm, well, I'm watching on Twitter. By the way, this is the perfect Use of Twitter because people put you posted a video from the 51st Street subway stop. People put it's amazing. The pictures are amazing about how just the city was a river. But it's not always someone's fault that something. Well, 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 hold on a second. Uh, The mayor has very um, on a regular basis declared he is the general and he leads from the front. 
Now, there are two ways of governing. We've seen this in the past. You could be like Rudy Giuliani, who wanted to know everything and had his finger in every pie. He was obsessed. He was actually an administrator. He wasn't a guy really out in the streets. He was right. an administrator. But he wanted to know all the minutiae, all the minor detail of all the agencies. Uh, Bloomberg, totally different. Bloomberg delegated everything. You know, he had his bullpen at City Hall. Everybody sat with one another, right. no separate offices. And uh, on the times that I would visit City Hall at that time when he was friendly with me, I would actually see him just walking around getting a bag of chips. Said, oh, see, see my commissioner here. He knew very little. Of the details in and many also, instances. And also, and if one of his commissioners stepped in it, he basically backed them up and said, yep, sometimes you go, go talk to the commissioner. Right, look at Ray said. Kelly. He left the police department alone for 12 years. It worked out for him well. Right. But mm-hmm. the point is, is that with Eric Adams, he's very much like Rudy was. He wants to know everything. Everything's got to come through him. But when you haven't properly delegated, then people wait for you. They wait. Now, he has capable people. Uh, I've known some of these people. They've been in positions for quite some time. They're bureaucrats. Uh, they're administrators. It's like when Joe Loder was there, deputy mayor for Rudy Giuliani. As much as I don't like J- Joe Loder, he was a good administrator. Very good. You know, you left him in charge. He didn't have personality. He had no charisma, but he knew how to get the job done. I think in this case with Eric Adams, everything's got to come through him first. And it's clear he wasn't available. He, he couldn't be found at 6 in the morning. Uh, look, you know me. I'm know, tracking maybe, this guy. Maybe that's right. I'm tracking this but guy. Maybe that's right. But again, I if I have a critique of how the media looks at these things, it's always it's style over form, style over substance, rather. And that, like, the idea should be is, all right, was there a failing of our institutions of government in this case? And you can make an argument, you know, maybe we should have, in, in the cases of global warming, we should have someone dedicated to heavy rainstorms just like we do for, for – but this was an act of God scenario that the, the trains, you know, by the time nightfall came, they were almost all back. I saw videos of people driving in buses where the buses – the water was coming yeah. in the vent of yeah. the buses – I don't know what you well, can well, reasonably well, well, expect I, I, of people. You have to do stuff on a daily basis. First off, I think we can all recognize, unlike when you were growing up in Park Slope and I was growing up in Canarsie, and we knew that there was a certain season we would get clobbered with snowstorms because believe in the old Isaac Newton philosophy. Whatever goes up, precipitation comes down at some point. It doesn't just linger up there unless you're stuck in a drought for whatever reason. So all this precipitation goes up, and it comes down in some form. Now, generally, uh, it used to be November, December, January, February, a little bit of March. It would come down in the form of snow. We haven't had a snowfall in a month of Sundays. We got tons of salt. They keep piling salt. I see. Knock yourself out. It could be kosher salt for your people. It could be (laughs) Red Cross, the Gentiles. We don't need it anymore. It's all torrential downpours. The same precipitation now comes down in buckets of rain. When we come back, I'm going to explain to you, you picked the wrong department, the sanitation department. Sanitation department has nothing to do with this. There is a department in the city of New York in which people get no attention, no recognition. People don't even know they exist. It used to be the sewer department. It's now the environmental protection uh, department of the city of New York. 
But it really goes back to old-fashioned maintenance. What do you do? Because when you have heavy rains, whether it's flash, because sometimes it's a flash flood. You know, it's not like it's built up. We had rain over the course of, of many days. And the system handled that steady rain. We didn't really have major problems. It's when it came down in bucketfuls, torrential downpour. And I'm going to take you back into time. And, in fact, the solution to this problem actually came from Brooklyn, from blue-collar working-class workers, anonymous, never recognized. They were never in parades. And, in fact, at the annual Labor Day parade, when they actually had a Labor Day on Labor Day and all the unions were recognized, they were always the last group because nobody wanted to be around them. Not because they didn't like these guys. But because of the smell, <laughs> I must tell you, having, having been down in the sewers and the catch basins myself, when I would come home, my mother would say, where the hell were you? I said, the paddock basin. I was in the catch basins, the sewers. Take all your clothes off. We're burning them. Oh, my God. We got to get you a new pair of sneakers. And you ain't getting no PF flyers this time. The stench is overwhelming. But these are the men and women on the front line of the defense against torrential rain. They get no attention, no recognition. You've never seen awards ceremonies at City Hall. You don't even know them unless you actually you start breathing and you know, oh, my God, there's somebody here in this or, car. Or, or you remember Jackie Gleason's up there, upstairs neighbor in the honeymoon. That's right. And remember what Ed Norton, a.k.a. Art Carney's self-described role was. He was a sub-supervisor in the subdivision of the Department of Subterranean Sanitation, (laughs) a sewer worker. And most people don't know what sewer workers do. They really don't. You know, if you were to go up to an average New York and say, do you know what sewer workers have to do on a regular basis? I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know. Well, I, I know a little bit about this as well. You know, for example, do you know how many days it rains per year in New York City? No. About one in three. And if it rains for more than a couple of days in a row, the water that goes through the catch basin goes untreated out into our waterways. That I know. That I know. You can see that in Jamaica Bay where you because used to go. Because there's only so much capacity that you can handle. Where you used to wear the safari hat, wear the shorts, right. and go bird watching. <laughs> Whoop-a-woo. Whoop-a-woo. <laughs> I still have those pictures embedded <laughs> in my mind. Anthony Weiner at the Federal Preserve, Jamaica Bay, right by Floyd Bennett Field. By the way, under four foot of water. I know, I know. Uh, the great Mike Sullivan went out there with a four-by-four. Four. This is when Eric Adams did his press conference at 12 o'clock on Friday. B- prior to that, there were no statements coming out of uh, City Hall. And uh, him and his uh, spokesperson, Fabian Levy, said, there's no flooding at any of the sites or potential sites for the migrant centers. And meantime, Mike Sullivan is sending me back video. He's in his four-by-four. Four. He's almost... He's almost deluged with the water. He's hydroplaning on the very runway. Well, there was a video that Joanne Ariola posted of someone skimboarding behind a 4x4 being pulled. And there was so much water they could skimboard there. Which goes to your argument and my argument initially. If you're going to put a migrant center somewhere, you cannot put it at Floyd Bennett Field. It is a floodplain. We learned about that. In the aftermath of Superstorm Sandy in 2012, in fact, the Army Corps of Engineers, remember, they came back after Superstorm Sandy. They even designated more of the area around the waters as. Yeah, uh, but every place is a floodplain. Some of the worst pictures were from Park Slope. Park Slope is called Park Slope because it goes from Litchfield Mansion. It goes all the way down to Carroll Gardens. There was a reason. And and that water was flowing so fast it was collecting on 6th Avenue and 5th Avenue. I I will. When we come back. 
this is my uh, expertise. This is my sweet spot. I've been in sewers, re- <laughs> retreating and recovering Spaldines and Pensy Pinkies right. that would go down the sewer. So I know what those sewers are like. I can assure you. Did you ever do that thing where you put a piece of gum at the end of a shoelace and try to pick up the coins? Uh, no, not the coins. <laughs> but I would actually hold somebody like you, a skinny Bellini. And put them down into the sewer to retrieve the Spaldines yeah. or the Pensy Pinkies. And you would have a hanger that was made round at the bottom like you would make uh, Easter eggs. You know, you would, uh, you would yeah. take them out of the, the coloring, uh, uh, the coloring uh, that you would put into a pot uh, for Easter. You wouldn't know about that, not, uh, not I, celebrating I Easter. Uh, but, and the skinny Malini kid would die of asphyxiation as I would <laughs> hold his ankles. And if I had let him go and he fell down into that sewer that on the it. corner, that was it. he would have been toxically like, uh, <laughs> like Axion. Remember Axion <laughs> would eat you up? He would have just been biodegradable right there. So I know a lot about sewers. When we come back, the answer that nobody's talking about, and this is true no matter who is the mayor, going way back to John Lindsay, to Abe Bean, to David Dinkins, to Rudy Giuliani, Michael Bloomberg, and now with global warming and climate change in effect, something you and I agree on with uh, Bill de Blasio, what happened to him, and now it's happening to Eric Adams, on your place to be, where the old school way might be the best way of preventive maintenance, but nobody's talking about it except right here on Left versus Right, Anthony Weiner, yours truly, Curtis Lee. Great two hours before, feisty. I mean, people were trading jabs, Right hooks, left crosses with Anthony Weiner. It's the only time during the week you hear anything from the other side of the opposition. That's refreshing because that's what democracy is all about. You got to hear all points of view, and you can hear it right here on WABC, your place to be. New York, the Powerball jackpot is over $700 million. Order your official New York lottery tickets right from your phone with jackpots.com, an official partner of the New York Yankees. Just go to jackpots.com, choose your favorite lottery game, pick your lucky numbers, and get notified when you win. Plus, get a free lottery ticket with your first order. Go to jackpots.com and order your lottery tickets from your phone. Go to jackpot.com. That's jackpots.com. Paid for by jackpot.com. You must be 18 or older to order a lottery ticket. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Residents of New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny four six. 736984 by Primary Care Plus, a part of Oak Street Health. If you live in New York and have Medicare, this important message is for you. There is now high-quality, complete health care available right in your neighborhood that specializes in top-quality care for older adults on Medicare at no extra cost to you. Don't wait until a new health problem gets serious. They are accepting new patients right now. The doctors take the time to get to know you, understand your personal health issues, and answer all your health questions. Plus, their same-day appointments, on-site lab work, and a 24-7 live patient support line. And if you're on Medicare... There's no extra cost for you. Just call 800-806-6217 right now. If I hadn't called to set that appointment, I don't know what my health would be like today. They got out in front of it and kept me out of the hospital. I can tell you that. This outstanding care for older adults on Medicare is available at Oak Street Health, and they are accepting new patients now. Call 800-806-6217 now. It's fast and easy. And if you're on Medicare, there's no extra cost for you. Don't wait. Call 800-806-6217 right now. That's 800-806-6217. 800 Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. 
Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. Back voted by many, the greatest TV program of all time. The Honeymooners, as you know, Jackie Gleason, Art Carney, their wives, the other associate characters, done very simply black and white from an apartment building in Bensonhurst where uh, uh, Jackie Gleason was the bus driver and Art Carney was the self-described sub-supervisor in the subdivision of the Department of Subterranean Sanitation, a sewer worker. And I'll never forget, I used to laugh when I would see that because I would watch the episodes over and over. I know everybody else does. They still keep running them. Yeah. He would say, look, Ralphie, my job is just to keep things moving along. And that is the job of the Department of Sewers, which has been changed into the EPA. There still no, the a, DEP. DEP, I'm sorry, Department right. of Environmental Protection. It's still the same uh, agency, except but by a different the way, mandate. Here's, here's, and I'll let you finish, but DEP is one of, by, by budgets, one of the biggest because they collect water fees. So they actually are a revenue agency, so yeah. a very big office. And sewage. Remember, see, that's they the do thing. All, yeah, they, they, they process the water in all different directions. The stuff that we flush, the stuff that goes out the catch basins, right. they're in charge of it all. So in a lot of places, your sewer system con- conflates both the sewage going out and any additional water. So water that's being used, water from rain, water from overflow. And even though you are correct, the system is primitive. It can be maintained like it was when I was a kid because I used to watch it. I was fascinated. Well, but, but the system below ground is primitive. But when the Clean Water Act, we built all these big pollution plants above yeah. ground to process that water. There's Owl's Head. There's, there's, they're all over the place. But the, the guts below our feet, but, that's old. And if it's clogged up, like Ed Norton said, his job was to just keep things moving along. It never gets to those state-of-the-art water treatment plants, which you are correct, are some of the best in the world. In fact, they have one right in Rikers Island, you know, right off of Rikers Island. So the problem is, if you walk the streets and you go on the subways, there is an inordinate amount of garbage, especially now with all the plastic, everything gets thrown away. And the moment there's any kind of movement of water or even just the wind, uh, the garbage, the flotsam and jetsam, the gunk goes right down into the sewers, the catch basin. So above ground, you have it on street level, and below ground, you have it in the subway level. And I'm very cognizant of this because when I look at the tracks, I see all the garbage. And, you know, it just doesn't go away. It goes right into the catch basins. The catch basins fill up. That means the water, which normally would immediately flow there, that's the way the system is devised. It's blocked up, so everything backs up. Likewise, in the streets, everything backs up. So when I was walking around yesterday, I'm looking at the sewers, and they're actually bubbling. The water is bubbling, which means it's all blocked. The gunk, the garbage, the flotsam and jetsam. When I was a kid, they would send the yellow trucks around, and they had a big derrick in the back. A big tube, right? Right. And they would suck everything out of your sewers on both sides of the corner. 
constantly keeping it clean because it was constantly leaves get in there, uh, trees, you know, tree limbs, everything gets down there. Sometimes there are folks, they come back from Florida, they have little baby alligators, they get in there. Everything goes down. Right, but also it used to be in the old days, we used to have these water trucks that came down a street. Instead of having the street cleaners, and they would just spray water, and that would send all of the stuff down to the corners where theoretically every so often it would be cleaned out. That's less done now because because now we have the street cleaners. Now, years ago I learned this because I was at my Uncle Steve's house, my Aunt Mary's house in the old Howard Beach section. And they had a cesspool in the back. There were a lot of cesspools back there. Really? The closer you were to water, before everyone had piped in water and piped in sewage, some people had cesspools. So my Uncle Steve would have to put on the hip-hugging boots with my cousin Butchie. And they'd go out and they'd have to clean the cesspool. Out in Suffolk County, a lot of cesspools. Yeah. Some parts of Jersey. But this is in the fight. This is in, what, out in Canarsie? With no, this, this was how old Howard Beach. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So they're cleaning it out because whenever there's backup, it comes to the surface. It'll come right into the house. Yeah. It's the same concept. You have a cesspool in your backyard and it backs up. Imagine for the entire city, like in areas you represented. I saw that in Forest Hills yeah. all the time, the backup. Sheepshead Bay all the time, yeah. People describe it. They're in their basements or they're in the first floor and they say, oh, my God, out of my slop sink, out of my toilet, out of my sink, an explosion of water. It looked like uh, a geyser. And it does because everything is backed up and then it pushes up. So if you don't constantly clean these things out, just like with a cesspool, you're going to get back up. And no administration does that any longer. Now, the difference is when Rudy was mayor... And for most of Michael Bloomberg's term in office, we would get hit with rain, and then we get a season of snow. Uh, with Rudy, remember those first years, they were like 16, 18, major snowstorms, you know. Precipitation turned to snow because it was colder. Now it's not as cold. It comes down as water. We're not prepared to deal with it because we haven't done the maintenance either in the, in the sewer system of the subways or the sewer system above ground. And for people themselves... Who have buildings, if they are landlords or if they have private homes, one family, two family homes, you have a sump hole. I know my dad, who used to constantly repair our house, which was built like in the 1880s in Canarsie and it was below ground. He'd say, look, we got to drill into that sump hole, which is below the basement floor, because that hole is where the water drains into instead of pooling into pub, uh, puddles. It goes into this crawl space. And then it goes out to another area. People don't clean that out. So all of a sudden, they got a sump hole that was built many years ago. They don't know anything about it. They bought the house. You know, oh, what the hell's going on? And it all backs up. So we got private people who have property who have to be diligent about their sump holes. We got folks um, who work in the sewer department, as I like to call it, in honor of Ed Norton. They have to be permitted to do more maintenance or we're going to constantly be hit Well, like now this. it's mostly – by the way, do you know who – I think it was under Giuliani that Chuck Schumer's wife was the head of DEP. That's right. I think Irish Weinstock. And always missing in action there. She but, was at the DOT when she was in charge. She, yeah, she, she was at DOT. Under, hey, where's, where's yeah. Chuck Schumer's wife? But, you know, here's the thing is that, you know, these big pollution plants that process all of our human waste and all of the – they don't want to have – capacity that they don't need, right? They want to try to figure out exactly where it's supposed to be. And in days like yesterday, there is no system on earth 
that can manage that much water if we have this much concrete. Because nature has a way of dealing with it in fields and forests and everything else. But if you have concrete, there's nowhere to go. It goes down into these catch basins. The catch basins have to be cleaned every so often. But it's my. it gets back to the whole idea of what is our reasonable expectation going to be. And if our reasonable expectation is going to be that the worst possible scenario is always what we build for, then we're going to have to be prepared to pay a lot more in taxes because if we think we're going to create a system that can deal with that I'm much I'm telling water, you, Anthony, being an expert in this, a lot of maintenance will go a long way. They just they don't do it. And we have more garbage in the streets now and in the subway tracks than ever before. I, I think that's right. And I, I, I think that something else is happening. You know, your friends, the rats and the garbage bags, well, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of floating bloated rats on the streets oh, yeah. the last day or so. Oh, they, 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 were, they were going topside. They had their little... Uh, they the had little their vest, little, the little, That's right. <laughs> the life they, preservers. They, they know how to survive this. They know how to survive the floods. They start doing surfing on there. No, they... But, and there's a lot of bags of garbage. Look, there's a lot. We're a, we're a densely populated concrete jungle, and when that much water falls, you're going to have well, now this, situations this like that. This is the problem the mayor has, because he's got a lot of issues on his table. Uh, he wants to put up more tents. These tents are not able to withstand this kind of rain. Look, they had problems on Randall's Island. They had problems in Creedmoor. They had problems in both places, but not terrible, right? The floor was seeping up, like you described. The floors were see. I saw some videos, and it said, look, yes, it, it, it wasn't great. But that but was the com- worst it's ever going to be. Combined that with the fact that it's going to get colder, not as cold as it used to get. We're not going to get the snows we used to get. The tent situation does not work. And, uh, you know, it was interesting because there was a congressional hearing that the Republican councilwoman Joanne Ariola went up to and uh, 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 Assemblywoman Williams from Brooklyn, the Democrat, and they were appealing to Congress, don't use Floyd Bennett Field. AOC was railing at them, well, if not Floyd Bennett Field, where? Where? Damn it, where? And none of them knew this because they weren't properly prepped. I could have prepped them. Back in September of 2022, you can actually see the headlines. The first tent put up was by Eric Aaron Adams in Orchard Beach yeah, in the parking yeah. lot. Everybody said, Eric, no drainage there. Is that AOC's district? Yes. It is? AOC said, Eric, you can't put the migrants in a tent in Orchard Beach, the parking lot. And he constructed it, and then he realized that he couldn't handle it, the flooding. So he took it down. And then AOC is condemning Assemblywoman Williams if she only knew, she could have reversed it and said, yeah. oh, but you didn't want the migrants in your congressional district, in a tent, in a floodplain, in the parking lot of Orchard Beach. That's why you got to consult with yours truly. You are going to have to, though. You're going to have to do things beyond just hotel rooms. We're just running out. We, I mean, it's just practically speaking. Well, that, that's what we got to speak up next. Uh, Governor Abbott unexpectedly was in town, spent a lot of time here at WABC, a lot of time at the Manhattan Institute, which ironically is one block away from the Roosevelt Hotel. But according to all parties, there was never a time set aside to either sit, meaning Eric Adams with uh, Governor Abbott or Hochul with her peer, Governor Abbott. And I think I think we missed a really good opportunity. Oh, because because a- Governor Abbott's acting in good faith, you think? No, no, I, I think the he's not. He's a phony. He's, he's, he's a... well. He's look. He's sending. What a he bus should have done is debated me. I would have kicked his. I understand, but the, the reality is the buses keep coming. There were six yesterday in the floods. <laughs> six. But when we come back, it's left versus right, Anthony Weiner. You got to go back on the podcast. The first two hours were magnificent. It was like, uh, what can I attribute it to? It's almost like um, Raging Bull. 
Maybe it'll stop. No, no. it's great. Hey, you got to get it. It was pricey. like Crossfire back when Crossfire was oh, good. Oh, yes, that, that's right. I, I loved Crossfire. They're Pat Buchanan, and he would always have a really good, yeah. solid liberal, and they would get down to it on the issue of the day. As we do here, left first, just right on WABC, your place to be. left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. You know, this could have been the song all week, all this past week. Just crazy. Just the, crazy. The Doors, constant rain. Thought I was in London. Thought I was in Seattle where they have constant rain. But they sometimes avoid the, avoid the deluges like we had, especially Friday. Early in the morning, right on to about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and then it started to calm down. But we didn't know in advance that Governor Abbott was coming in for a one-day stay. Spoke to the Manhattan Institute, which ironically is just a block away from the Roosevelt Hotel. And then he came here at WABC and spent a lot of time upstairs with John Katsimatidis. They all come to see John, Democrats or Republicans. He did a few broadcasts, uh, and he did a few uh, Fox appearances. And he actually said nice things about Eric Adams and Kathy Hochul, the governor. He said it's good to see that they are finally blaming the federal government. Joe Biden's got to seal the border. And I thought that would have been a perfect time for rapprochement because he's sending buses. He's doubled the number of buses ever since Eric Adams two weeks ago called him a madman. And remember, he said, I'm just going to double the buses. So my feeling is you take the time to sit down. You basically say, Anthony, look, we can agree to disagree on almost every other thing, which they do. They legitimately, their political ideology disagrees almost on everything. But on this, we're saying what you've been saying is it, it's a, a federal government issue. It's the president. It's, the border must be sealed before anything else can happen because you're just getting like 10,000 people a day that are coming through Eagle Pass alone. Uh, when the mayor was asked that, he hemmed in hard. He didn't really answer that at first. Kathy Hochul came out shooting. You know, it's no way am I going to take any instructions from Governor Abbott. And then later in the day, Eric Adams didn't say it verbally, but he released a uh, release from his office, said, no, you know, we're not going to be sitting down with Abbott. Now, if the president won't sit down with you, which is obvious, he won't sit down with the mayor, and he just gave sp- uh, spare change time to the governor. Why wouldn't you sit down with the guy who could at least slow down the spigot, if nothing more, of what is averaging eight buses nowadays? It used to be four or five. It's now eight, six yesterday in the torrential downpour. Uh, I think we missed out on a great opportunity to sit down and discuss the problems of the border. Yeah, but I, I don't believe the Republicans are acting in good faith. I believe they like having the issue. I believe that Eric Adam, um, that that uh, uh, Governor Abbott, is is earning points for doing all this. No one's getting in a bus to come to New York who doesn't want to be in a bus. He knows that there are people who do want to come to New York. Will probably come to New York anyway. I just don't think that Governor Abbott is on the level the same way. I don't think Kevin McCarthy is on the level. I don't think that that Republicans are on the level about this. They don't want to solve this problem because it's not that hard to do. The Republicans. 
were fighting all week about adding provisions to the continuing resolution on border security. That's great. Do they add, do they want any proposals to add funding to have more hearing officers to deal with asylum? No. Any funding, any to have more funding to deal with cities that are impacted? No. Any funding to do more scanning of trucks, uh, cars and trucks for fentanyl? No. They just want to have the issue because it's working against Democrats and it's working against Eric Adams. If this guy Abbott was on the level and I thought he really wanted to solve a problem, I would say, yeah. I mean, what do you mean? But but it, I, I don't blame them for saying, look, this guy is not, you know, is not someone we should be sitting down and breaking bread with. Look, look when the um, march of the dictators, tyrants and despots came into town during the General Assembly week. Eric Adams sat down with some of them, which is what the mayor of the city of New York always does when they come to town. Rudy did it, Bloomberg. They all do it. Okay. So did uh, Governor Hochul to a limited degree. Today, you'll see uh, in the New York Post an editorial uh, attacking Eric Adams about who he's hanging out with. Some really bad hombres when it comes to anti-Semitism. Okay. So he, he does hang out with people I'm sure he doesn't necessarily agree with. All he had to do was talk. He could have walked out of that meeting and said, we agreed to this. We, we, we're back to where we were. I tried to get this guy to no, slow but, down but the bus. Again, you're, you're treating Adams, um, Abbott rather, as if he is, he deserves to be, to be considered on the same level as the city, yeah, as the mayor's. Then, the- then what Eric Adams did, he came on with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby last night and they contributed. I heard it, yeah. And he said, I don't want to be in a position where I'm sending, you know, migrants to other cities. And I mean, does he not realize he's doing that all throughout New York State? In fact, he's been given the opportunity by the federal government now, the Biden administration, if he wants to, to send him to Fort Dix yeah, in no, New Jersey was, and the Atlantic City International I know, Airport. I heard that. That was a tacit threat to Hochul, that if you don't start to help with upstate counties and upstate, then I'm going to have no choice except to go... Look, that's why this whole he's he's trying to tra- he's trying to change the Callahan decree, but he's very careful not to say I want the Callahan decree everywhere. That's really what he could be making the sure. case. And now, if you notice, they're giving rent subsidies to people to go upstate, and basically they're trying to go around that right. by saying if you can find a place which is a lot more affordable upstate, we will give you money and we will pay for your housing upstate just so we can get you out of here. Uh, Which, and we have a long tradition of doing that. We have a tradition of giving them money to get on. We'll put you on a true. bus. We'll buy you a bus ticket. Koch did that. Giuliani did that. Bloomberg did that. They all did that, except then they had a little more money to play with. Also, with. they were dealing with hundreds of people, not tens of thousands. Right, of right. So I think in this particular aspect, since you brought up the Callahan decision, the mayor has been asked now at seven different levels. He was asked by Congresswoman Maliotakis through Sid Rosenberg, who was very eloquent, Sid, in posing the question yeah. to him uh, when they had their discussion. The uh, mayor had been on a brief hiatus from Sid Rosenberg. He was back on with him. And I thought it was great because what Sid did, it's like you've been a sheep, Sebe. I've been a sheep, Sebe. When the fishing boats go out early in the morning, you go deep sea fishing. If the fish is pulling too hard, you got to let the fish go right. and you knock You got to let him run up. a little bit, yeah. By allowing Eric Adams to run the field a little bit, Eric Adams stayed on for about 30 minutes. Normally, you know his Fabian Levy guy. Right. His, no, hey, it was, it seven was a to very good, yeah. And a good back and forth. But on the issue of the temporary victory outside St. John's Villa Academy in Grasmere in Staten Island, that's the one where the grandmothers 
and the mothers surrounded 24 hours. That's where they have the boom boxes blasting. Go back to Manhattan. That's where you get a hotel room. We don't want you here. There's, I'm going to use the term Mexican standoff there. That is the Alamo for us because, remember, that's also the place where uh, Santa Ana was an asylum seeker on Staten Island when he got kicked out of Mexico City when he had declared himself the emperor. Do you know where he went to seek asylum at? Staten Island. With his peg leg, and he invented the chiclets there. He never was able to raise the money, amass an army, and go back like Garibaldi did. They have a a house uh, that he stayed at. He raised the money, and he unified Italy. By the way, he was the red-shirted rebel. (laughs) But the point being is, is that that is the focal point. You never saw these kind of demonstrations in the border cities in Texas or Arizona or New Mexico or California. This is the first time there have been demonstrations really anywhere to say stop the advance of the migrants. And so the focus is Staten Island because they've had a temporary victory. Now, part of that victory, the mayor admitted uh, the lawyers who won that uh, temporary stay in court, Lou Geralmino and Mark Fonte have done a great job, said, look, mayor, we got the state Supreme Court judge to say the right to shelter, which is in that Callahan decree that Koch signed on to years ago which is a court order, is saying, the judge is saying, this does not apply to people who are foreigners coming into our city. And he could you and he even admitted. Yeah, yeah no, no, but he, he he didn't say no. He What the mayor has said is, listen, we want to, there's a lot of elements in that decree, in that, in that decision. I think they want to get the win on Callahan, but they don't want to sign on the dotted line for a new thing that's going to sock them in. And they're trying to play, and remember, the other angle that they're playing constantly is with the state to say, listen, we're going to fight this Callahan thing on our own turf here. But you And I just want to stress to people who live outside New York City, the Callahan decision, which was 1981, was based on language in the New York state constitution that the court interpreted exists in a state constitution. This Callahan de- decree or something like it could spread around the state. So I think I, – I didn't read anything into it. He just said – I want to let the, the, the corporation counsel read the decision over, see if it's satisfactory. There are some parts we're going to have to still fight on. And I think that, that I think that's a perfectly fine footing to have. But he cannot win on Staten Island. Do you understand that, Anthony? He cannot win. I, I see you. Look, I just saw you up in Riverdale. I think everyone believes they got a good case in their own neighborhood. I think- right, but the, the most organized, I think we have to give credit where credit is due, is Staten Island. They have the politicians on board, Democrats and Republicans. They have people sit, sitting vigil every right. night. Yes, they, no doubt about it. They have the lawyers who are very good, uh, Lou Geralamino and Mark Fonte. They've done this before they know what they're doing and they have favorable judges there's a state supreme court out right. there so notice uh, when joanne uh, Ariola and assemblywoman williams filed their suit against floyd Field. where did they go the state supreme court in staten island they're looking they're judge shopping they're looking for a favorable judge so now that eric adams says half of what he wants and he hasn't gone forward in court once the 10 days is over, he's got to make a decision. He yeah. can let it go, and then he basically, there's no, uh, he's got to remove the migrants. There's 40 left in St. John's Villa. Uh, or if he fights it and takes it further up, state uh, appellate division, uh, you know, which is the highest court in the state, it's just a continuous I battle. know, but generally speaking, the city in situations like this, throw more lawyers at it and try to keep fighting because they don't want to, they don't want to set the precedent or put blood in the water that, you know what, if you punch the mayor in the nose enough, 
He'll walk away and well, go somewhere else. I think uh, what he has done is he's, again, done a pivot and shift. I think he realizes in Staten Island he can't win. It's just too many elements united. And it's the smallest borough. They're now looking at Brooklyn, the largest borough population-wise. And you may have known, uh, may have noticed the uh, Democratic County Chairwoman of Kings County, Rodney's uh, Bashaw, yeah. who is the Assemblywoman, uh, who basically is an ally of Eric Adams on Kings County Democratic Party stationery sent to all her members. White neighborhoods are not doing their fair share, and she named them. Bay Ridge, Fort Hamilton, Marine Park, and Manhattan Beach. They need to take in migrant centers. We need to show the love. So that means the battleground shifts to southern Brooklyn. Hey, I thought the mayor's answer on that when he was interviewed by Sid was was a good one. He said, look, if you're calling about your neighborhood, the answer is everyone is going to be. Everyone. Well, uh, let me just say that I will be out there at John Paul Jones Park. I remember what did John Paul Jones say? Well, what was his classic? We will not surrender. I forget what the great line was, right? John Paul Jones. Right? I got to figure that out. But John Paul Jones Park is right by Fort Hamilton. And by the way, your friend Arthur Idala and Joe Tacopina, who refused to help in Floyd Benefield, saying, you can't win that case. What are they going to do when they put the tents up right next to Poly Prep Day School, <laughs> which is in the plans? So we're having a demonstration. There's a lot of wide open land there at Poly. A lot. 6.30, Tuesday night. And the one leading the demonstration, we're assisting me and said, is Ari Kagan, who's battling Justin Brannett. And that's a heavyweight battle, one of the few in the upcoming city council elections. So when we come back, let's talk about all the opportunities that politicians have this weekend. This is a big weekend uh, to kiss babies and shake hands and possibly get people to know that there is a city council election in November that only we here at WABC are really talking about because it's gotten little attention. There's nobody at the top to sort of pull out the vote. What an opportunity for politicians who are battling one another this weekend. Anthony Weiner has been at all these events. I've sure been at all of these events. We'll sort of rate them. The pluses, the minuses, as we count down the number of days to a city council election that nobody is focused on, but might actually help balance a little bit the sides in council, which are heavily now stacked in favor of the progressives, the liberals, and the democratic socialists. Versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. Might as well be the theme song for former President Bill Clinton, lives in the area, Chappaqua and Westchester, and will be sitting down with our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, for a full hour, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Sunday morning for a wide conversation on a lot of issues, especially the immigration issue, the border issue, uh, because remember, it was Bill Clinton. Back when the Mariolito boat wave came over from Cuba, 
who agreed to take some of the Mariolitos from them. Jimmy Carter, he didn't know what to do. He was overwhelmed. And he regretted it because he got thrown out of office. He lost his re-election because the Mariolitos, after a few months being on Fort Chaffee Chaffee in uh, Arkansas, burned down the uh, State National Guard uh, buildings (laughs) and escaped into the Ozark Mountains. But then he came back and got re-elected, and you know the rest of that story. So when it comes to the migrants, the immigration issue, I noticed that Bill Clinton, when he has been publicly quoted, has been saying, you got to be very careful about this. This is problematic. So in some respects, I would say he's probably in the middle of the road on this. You know him better than uh, anyone here other than, let's say, John Katzmatidis. What do you think uh, he's going to say in reference to this crisis that we're in? We certainly here in our city and our state have a crisis with this. Yeah, so he is kind of, I mean, he's an interesting voice on this. For, for What was he, he best known for? He was best known as a politician for feeling in his bones and his kishkas how kind of middle class white voters out in the country that we don't talk about much, that, don't, that are not the people that call into radio shows, that go about their business and everything. What motivates them? And I think this immigration issue is a bad one for Joe Biden because for all we argue back and forth about policy, the Republicans have done a pretty good job of making this feel kind of as an unsafe kind of out of control situation. And I'm interested in hearing what he has to say. But the other thing is he John is talking to him the day, basically the day after we just barely dodged a government shutdown, it looks like. Right. So it's a good reminder that he had a very similar situation with Newt Gingrich. And he also had a very rough first couple of years of his first term and bounced back. And and another another thing is, like, I think that Bill Clinton would tell you a lot has changed in Washington in a relatively short period of time. That The ability to kind of have the kind of relationship that he had, which was very tense with with Newt Gingrich. They did not like each other. But they realized they both had common interests. Can you imagine today Kevin McCarthy would have his head chewed off if he sat down with Joe Biden? He sat down a few months ago to do a deal to avert a um, a fiscal disaster. They come up with a deal that rolls back spending to last year level. And immediately McCarthy gets killed for even making a deal with Biden. So it's it'll be interesting to hear what Bill Clinton has to say. And he and John go back a long way. So. Um, it, 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 I think it's going to be a very good conversation. Well, remember, even before Bill Clinton had his battles with Newt Gingrich and the government was shut down, uh, I remember during Reagan's years, every so often he'd have battles with the Democrats and they would shut the government down for periods of time. Yeah, government, so, But I, here's the difference, though, uh, Curtis. Government shutdowns between Democrats and Republicans, the Democrat in the White House or, or Donald Trump in the White House and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer in Congress – those happen fairly commonly. This one that we averted just barely is Republican on a Republican, you know, kind of patricide. So that's what makes it a little bit different, um, you know, because, again, you have this 10 or 12 or 20 members of Congress who are just wackadoos. Now, the interesting thing is from the from getting back to the cat's conversation with with Clinton, we're going to hear tomorrow, is that one of the crazies became speaker, that the equivalent of the of the Freedom Caucus was this crew that that um, that uh, um, Newt Gingrich put together, they couldn't manage very well. He didn't last long as speaker, but it'll be an interesting conversation to listen to. Well, and also because Eric Adams said, oh, I take counsel from Bill Clinton. I don't think Bill Clinton would be counseling him to take this uh, position on the migrant issue. 
I have a feeling if Bill Clinton was advising him about Governor Abbott, he would have suggested that they sit down and talk. And look, they could have left the meeting, continued to disparage one another, but just while he was here, sit down. Because remember, that's what Bill Clinton would do. Right. Or, or, but he would, yes, but he would probably do it with, to say, look, let's have a conversation and sit down and do it, maybe even do it in public, where we have a conversation in public and say, you say your part, I'll say my part. 